Praise the Lord. Can I announce to someone that we have come to God? Oh, some of you did not hear that. Or if you heard it, maybe you did not understand. We have not come before any earthly king. We have not come before any president. We have not come before any family head. But we have come before the creator of the whole universe. The I am God. The great I am God. The one who existed before the beginning. The one who is still existing and the one who remains existence all oh, this world. Glory to God. Glory to God. Chairman one time mentioned that when we say we come into church, we tend to maybe trivialize it, make it too light. Because some people are fed up with church. We must begin saying we are coming to meet God. That's my PRWC. How many of us believe we have come to meet God? I do. I know we've come to meet God. We haven't just come to church. We've come to meet God. We give praise to God. We thank Him for the opportunity to be here. I recognize the presence of our dear mom. Mommy, wow. God bless you. It was when I went home and I was telling my wife that I was at Dansmar uh, PIWC. Then she told me, that's where Ma worships. So this morning when we met, I said, oh, wow. My wife said, you see, I told you. <laughs> right, so this is not an ordinary place. And thank you very much for the wonderful support. Last time, for those of you who were here, I was commending our dear Pastor Ahuakese for the invitation. We haven't known each other. To be honest with you, I don't think I've met him before. Maybe he has, but I, I don't fully recognize where we met. But when we met at the last Ministers and Wives Conference, I was walking past and he just tapped me and said, Apostle, do we invite you for our Bible conference? Well, I thought it was something in the future. <laughs> so I didn't take it that serious. Before I was aware, I had a call and all the necessary arrangement for us to be here since last Wednesday. Join me, thank you very much. Right, so thank you very much, my dear pastor, and also to the leadership over here, uh, district executives, presbyters, uh, presiding elder, and everyone who is part of this leadership. I want to say God richly bless you. And thank you too for coming. How many of us are happy to be in the presence of God? Glory to God. You will not live here the same. Oh, I'm so convinced about this. You will not live here the same. Because those who come to the Lord are impacted by Him. And they go back as changed people. My dear brother, Apostle Dr. Christian Chekwe was here. He started with you on Monday, finishing off on Tuesday. I joined you on Wednesday. And I was so excited by the theme, Trinity. We started 1.0 on Wednesday, 2.2, 2.0, I beg your pardon, on Thursday. And last Friday, we finished off with Trinity 3.0. We, we are thankful to God for what he did. He demonstrated his presence through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Those who came received by his grace and many manifestations of the giftings of the Holy Spirit. We give praise to God. I'm sure even if you were not here and you connected online to us or through the social media, the Lord touched you. And therefore, it's good to be in his presence again. 
what more do we have this morning? Briefly, I've been considering that it's the last Sunday for our Bible conference. I started off with Trinity, various dimensions, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But today, too, is a communion Sunday, a very important day in the calendar of the church. So I've been thinking about it. Lord God, what special meal do you have for the church here? We're finishing Bible conference 3.0, and it's communion. Not only that, I'm also conscious of our theme for the year, equipping the church as an army to possess the nations. So you can imagine the three scope of things and how I've been navigating through with checking my spirit, asking God what will be the best combination of all these three scopes. The Lord gave me a message for you. The Lord gave me a message for you. <laughs> The other time when David had fled and got into the priest, he asked him for bread. And the priest responded by saying that I have no ordinary bread for you than the one that has been placed before the presence of God. I believe I'm bringing to you by the grace of God bread that has been placed or taken from the presence of God. I speak to you briefly on the theme, the curtain is torn. So you are a savior to possess the nations. The curtain is torn. So, you are a savior to possess the nations. Do we all have the theme? The curtain is torn. So, you are a savior to possess the nations. For those of you writing, I'm sure you're done by now. You, you may lift your head up and listen to this carefully. There are many Christian festivals there are many Christian occasions that we are encouraged to participate in. In fact, we have Christmas, a beautiful occasion to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. In fact, we are not in any way stating that that was the date Jesus was born, but it's good to celebrate, choose a day, and celebrate the birth of Jesus. We have Easter, where we are reminded of the death and resurrection of Jesus. In some communities, there is even the celebration of Ascension Day. Not only that, there is a celebration of Pentecost. Various Christian celebrations, we have no problem with that. But as I walked through scripture, I found a particular festival that Jesus himself instructed and said, do this in memory of me. How many of us know that? What did he say? What was he talking about? The Lord's Supper. So if there is any Easter, if there is any Christian festival that we should be interested in, that our heart should be yearning for its coming. I remember the early days in our church when it is communion. You eagerly await that Sunday in endless preparation, in fasting, and in prayer, because you know you are coming to meet God. Every day we meet God, but today before us are the emblems, symbolic representations of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, it's our special occasion today. Jesus says we should do this in remembrance of him, 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 25. So I don't want you to downplay today. Let us all be engaged with the word of God. Let's come back to the theme. The curtain is torn. 
So you are a savior to possess the nations. And please, you would want to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 27. We will do the reading of the verse 51. Matthew 27, verse 51. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. Let me take it again. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to the bottom. If the Bible is yours, whether digital or hard copy, we just want to underline from top to bottom. The tearing of the curtain was not sideways. It was from top to bottom. To tear a curtain from the top to the bottom, where is the person tearing it likely to be? Hello. To tear a curtain from the top to the bottom, not sideways. With sideways, you can stand and just tear it like that. But it was torn from top to bottom. I'm sure by the end of the sermon, we will all come to the understanding of who did the tearing of the curtain and why he did that. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The key version goes this way, Nashe. And to my try as sorry that no mono mutsi me no fisuro ibesi from na asase was sorry na abotai papai mesimobio nashe and to my try as sorry that no mono tea me no fisuro ibesi from na asase was sorry na abotai papai. This story is about Jesus, his death on the cross, even as we are reminded of his death and resurrection. He soon returned through our communion. Bible says, according to Matthew 27, 45, from noon until three in the afternoon, there was complete darkness when he was crucified. At three, he shouted, Eli, Eli, lema sabatani, meaning that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then it carried on, but at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, the curtain of the temple. The earth could not stand. The earth was shaking at the granular level to the extent that the composition of the earth was affected. And guess what happened? There was an earthquake. Rocks, I don't know the type of rock it was, but very strong. But on that particular occasion, these plates, they could not contain the force that was dropping. And the tombs broke open. You can imagine those who were dead came back to life. The tomb broke open. Right. Why would this be of interest to us on this last day of our Bible conference? 
We just want to look at what, by the grace of God, through the triune God, we have achieved. English entry. So we want to know what by the grace of God we have achieved through the intervention of the triune God. Then afterwards, what that has made us. And because that has made us into a unique kind of people, what we are expected to do. Do we get the three main objectives? The first one is to understand what by the grace of God, the triune God, the composition of the Godhead has made us. Then we want to secondly understand our new status, what actually they have made us to become. Then because we have become such people, a new kind of people, one of a kind group of people, what is expected of us, we are to possess the nations. The scripture caught my attention, my dear brothers and sisters, because I was wondering why the need for the curtain to be torn. Therefore, I took a journey through scripture to find out that since the time man fell, God has been looking for an opportunity to commune. God has been looking for an opportunity to come closer. God has been looking for an opportunity to reunite with humankind. Friends, can I please announce to us that the only religion that its God looks after its people, come chasing them, come looking after them, is the Christian religion or the Christian faith. In all other faith, people go looking for God. But in our faith, our God comes looking for us. So from the day man sinned in the Garden of Eden, God did not abandon him. Look at the immediate intervention. He saw the nakedness of man and the desperation of man. He saw how man had become vulnerable. The first exercise he did was just to get the skin of an animal and cover the wickedness. Of mankind, proud to that, when man saw that he was naked, do you know what he did? He caught figs of tree, as in the leaves, trying to cover himself. Every human intervention is like tatters of leaves covering ourselves. It will get torn as a matter of time. This is why you must look up unto God, who is able to provide everlasting covering. Friends, when Jesus was crucified. He was crucified, I mean, if you want to be careful with the writing of it, almost naked. He was buried almost naked and some white garments were put around him. But glory be to God that when he resurrected, and Mary Magdalene met Jesus, Jesus was not a naked man. God knows how to release intervention from heaven to cover your weakness and to cover your nakedness. And this is the good news unto us. When Mary Magdalene met Jesus post-resurrection, Jesus was not a naked man. He was covered. Where did the covering come from? Come from. God has abundance in his storehouse. Ooh. We've got abundance of blessings. Can I just digress, but extremely important. The currency for getting things from the storehouse of God is called faith. You know, if I want to buy this sanitizer box, I need money to go to the shop and buy it. If I want to buy the tablet, if I want to buy the Bible, buy a phone, I need money. I need money. In the same way, I can imagine figuratively in the storehouse of God, we've got many things over there. 
We've got healing over there. We've got breakthroughs over there. We've got spiritual gifts over there. We've got holiness over there. We've got righteous living over there. We've got everything that pertains unto righteousness, but the currency for walking to the storehouse to purchase is what is called faith. Let your faith arise this morning so that you can get something out of the storehouse of God. We buy from the storehouse of God with the currency of faith. Let's carry on. So now in Genesis 3, 8, you will see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, you will see that God would come to Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's what Bible says. What for? For fellowship. The God who comes to us. The God who is always waiting. In the account of the prodigal son, before the sun set off, the dad was already peeping through the windows, I can imagine, awaiting the return of his son. Is somebody in church this morning, God has been waiting for you. Even if you went astray, even if you went your own way, the father who loves you has always been waiting for you. Return to him this morning. Come to him. Come to him. Sometimes we think we can do our own things. We think we can have our own way. But he's got a master plan. He's got it. He's got it. Return to him. You see, God had to allow man to leave his presence because Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Bible says God's eyes are too pure to look on evil and he cannot tolerate sin. Habakkuk 1.13. God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. And he cannot tolerate sin. He can tolerate no sin. So when man sinned, God literally would have to expel him, cause him to leave his presence because of his nature. But he's been looking for man. So now he instructs Moses to build a tabernacle. We're getting somewhere, just follow it. He instructs him to build a tabernacle. Why? He wants a place to meet his people. But the instruction to Moses was to build whatever he was supposed to do according to the pattern that he is shown. In other words, he was to download something from heaven onto earth. So when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, and he said that you should pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. True Christian life is a download of the package in heaven on earth. Nothing more than that. The reason why God seeks that believers we possess the nations is that there's a package in heaven. He wants it translated onto the earth. So he told Moses to build according to the pattern. How it is in heaven. How he relates with man. He wanted man to have a good understanding. In the construction of the tabernacle, there were four major divisions. This session is extremely important, my dear brothers and sisters, for our communion today and as we end our conference. The tabernacle had four major divisions. The first one, I'm sure we are aware, called the Holy of Holies. Those of you writing, you may want to put this down. The Holy of Holies. 
Another way to put that is the most holy place. The most holy place. The holy of holies. That can, that can cause you to imagine that there are various forms or there are other places called holy places. But this one was the holy of holies. The most holiest or the, the most holy place. I beg your pardon. The most holy place. The holiest of all. Then the second zone we can call, as Bible describes it, the holy place. The holy place. Then there's a third portion called the court of Israel. The court of Israel. And the fourth place, the place for Gentiles. Let me go over these demarcations carefully. The first one, the holy of holies. Assuming we call that zone one for the sake of simplifying it. The holy of holies. Then we have zone two. The holy place. The holy place. Then zone three. The court of Israel. The court of Israel. Zone three. Then we have the place for Gentiles for zone four. Let's see if we can understand this. So maybe beyond this separator there, at the back, we can call it the most holy place. Pastor, we should be hiding there if it's the most holy place. Yeah, we should be hiding at the back there. So just for the purpose of illustration, the most holy place over there. Then maybe we can assume that this stage is the holy place. Are you following it? That was the demarcation. I don't mean you are inferior to where, where you are sitting is inferior to where I am. But for the sake of the illustration, let's assume that where you are all seated can be called the court of Israel. That's even a better place, eh? <laughs> it's, it's also a good place. So there's the court of Israel. Then where the gate is and we have the car park, the walkway there can be called a place for Gentiles. Now sit up well and let's see how the Bible has described this place. Then we will see why the tearing down of the curtain is extremely important. Then you would also see why the tearing down of the curtain has made you a savior. Then you also know that now that you have become a savior, you can sit down. You are supposed to possess the nations. Judging from the name of Zone 1, which we have called the Holy of Holies, it's a sacred room, a place where no ordinary person could enter. In fact, during the wandering of the Israelites, if God descended in their midst, that was the place that they were to encounter God. God appeared as a pillar of cloud or fire in and above the Holy of Holies. So if they were to move the tent, they move it in such a way that when it is positioned, and God is to come in their midst. The place of residence of God is what we are describing as the holy of holies. He will come as a pillar of cloud and as a pillar of fire on it and also in it. So maybe it's the postcode or the dwelling place of God in that instance. I was careful last time, was it the Wednesday or, or Thursday, to explain to you that if you look at the dimensions of the most holy place or the holy of holies, the length was equal to the breadth or the width, and it was also equal to the height. How would you describe that mathematically? That's a perfect cube, is that not it? Yeah. So the length equals to the width. In other words, if you go this way, 
is the same as walking that way and is the same as climbing up. And we were linking it to the perfection in God and even the triune God. Further to that, the book of Revelation in a worship uses the word holy, holy, holy three times. Lord God Almighty. Holy to the Father, holy to the Son, and holy to the Holy Spirit. Then also, the most holy place has dimensions of length equal to the width and the width equal to the height. As if that was ordinary. Again, in the book of Revelation, when John was seeing the new Jerusalem downloaded from heaven, he said it was like a perfect cube. Meaning that the length and the width and the height of Jerusalem, those dimensions were the same. Friends, I announce to you that God is perfect in length, he's perfect in width, and he's perfect in height. It doesn't matter where you go. He, the most holy place was perfect. So when we sing the song that says, he's so high, you can't get. What, how do we say it? He's so low, you can't get under it. He's so wide, you can't get around him. He's so high, you can't get over him. He's perfect in all dimensions. That's a true story. Now let's look at a few requirements to enter. In Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1, Bible says every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. So Aaron and his descendants selected as priests. Even in that case, to enter the most holy place, it was only the high priest who was qualified. So out of Israel, Israel will have the high priest. And it was only the high priest who was qualified to go to the most holy place. So how many people? Only the high priest qualified to go to the most holy place. As if that was not enough. So remember the first requirement, only the high priest. What was the second requirement? It is entered on a specific day, once a year. So entry to the most holy place was on a specific day. So in our calendar today, we will say it was on a specific date. It can't be any other date other than that particular date. If you miss it and you go on the wrong date, you don't return. You get killed by God. If you are not a high priest and you enter the most holy place, you don't return. You get killed by God. And again, if it is not once a year, you get killed by God. So you cannot decide that, well, in February it was cool. I was so excited. Worship was good. I wanted to go to the most holy place. Therefore, as a high priest, I go there. Then somewhere in November, you feel like going to beat God again. Therefore, you decide to go to the most holy place. You will not return. It's this same God we are serving today. You will now understand why the tearing of the curtain is so important. Let's carry on. 
no one else was able to enter. And it had to be done a particular date once a year. Are we on the same page? Now let's look at the third requirement. Sacrifices had to be made before you can enter the most holy place. Not just sacrifices, the high priest needed special garments, clothing. It was woven in a special way to the standard, if you look at the narration, at the edge of the cloth, there must be things tied like the bell. So that if he stays there far too long than the time expected, then it means God has struck him dead. Therefore, no one, remember, only the high priest can go to the most holy place. So if this high priest is dead, who is going to pull the remains of the high priest? A long rope is tied to his leg. Then there are bells under the garment, so that as he ministers, of course, if you move and there are bells under your garment, then you will hear the ringing of the bell. So for a very long time, if the bell does not ring, then it means that the guy is gone, he's dead. Who is going to get the body? So for a long time, if we don't hear any movement, as in bells ringing, then the man is gone, so we now pull him like that. There's a long rope, we have to pull the high priest, from the most holy place. A curtain separates the most holy place from the holy place. So immediately the body comes and the curtain is opening. Everybody must turn like that because you dare not see what is in the most holy place because you would also go. This is how serious the worship of this same God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit was. I just mentioned that between the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place was a thick curtain known as the veil. Known as the veil. Very thick one. It was specially woven. Another time maybe we can look at the composition of it. But the veil in Hebrew means a divider, a separator, something causing division. What was it dividing? What separation was it causing? It was literally hiding a holy God from sinful people. His eyes cannot behold sin. Therefore, if he comes like that, he must kill humanity. Yesterday, a friend of Michael, one of our young ministers, by the grace of God, um, I'm like his pastor because through us, God called him into ministry. Then he reminded me that there was a time when I was among them, I spoke on a message, God had a problem. And he's preparing for his Easter convention, so he was asking questions, why would God have a problem? Then I said, that was a human word, but truly I know God had a big problem. Some of us may think this is too serious a word, but that was the reality. His eyes cannot behold sin. And now in the Garden of Eden, man has sinned. What should he do? What do you think God should do to Adam and Eve instantly? He must what? Crush them. They must go. But remember that he has sworn by himself. And he has said that I have made you heirs over my estate. You are supposed to subdue. And you are supposed to have dominion over the earth. If he kills them, who is going to have dominion? Who is going to possess the nation? God had a big problem at that time. What should he do? The greatest problem of God, I can imagine, is how to forgive man. How to forgive man. 
So in the council of the Godhead, I can imagine the complexity and how he's working out a formula. How do I solve this? Man is a problem. So when he attempted, he even brought a curtain between him and mankind. Because you dare not. He will kill you. He is a holy God. He is a holy God. Let's look at the holy place. So remember, in the most holy place or the holy of holies, only the high priest goes. He goes on a particular day. Then it is not done twice. It is only once a year. Sacrifices are required. He needed to wear a special garment. So when they went to church, what would the high priest or the priest be doing? Their ministry was essentially at the holy place, at the holy place, at the holy place. So that's the zone two, as I described, like where I am standing now. Even that, only male descendants of Aaron were allowed to minister over there. If you look at Luke chapter 1, verse 11, you hear about the father of John the Baptist. What's his name? Zechariah. This was where he was ministering. And when he was ministering, and an angel came to present news from heaven to him. And he disagreed or denied it or did not agree or accept it fully. What happened? What happened? The angel punished him. He could not speak. So even if you are a priest and you are privileged to come to the holy place, you can be punished by angels. Those angels, some of them are not patient. <laughs> it tells you that, look, I stand before the presence of God. It's like, I wish it was being. Now I have come all the way to deliver to you, and you are not believing the creator of the whole universe. Come on. <laughs> Something will happen to you. So even if we claim now to be priests, and we are only ministering as zone two, the holy place, if that is our position, angels can discipline us. Angels can punish us. Let's quickly move to zone three, what I call the court of Israel. So all Israelites would travel from their various places and come. When they claim, in our modern rendition, when they claim to have come to church, do you know where they will come? They will only come as far as the court of the Israelites. Not the holy place, not the most holy place. Even the minister who has come can only come as far as just the holy place. Then the rest of the congregation just stay there. You can't say that I've closed. I want to say hi to my pastor. Therefore, I'm walking to the holy place. No, it doesn't work like that. You stay there. Serious stuff were happening even in the courts of the Israelites. Just imagine you've come to church. And your pastor is Hophni and Phinehas in the book of Samuel. You bring all your sacrifices, then he selects the choicest one, the best one for himself. When they are cooking the meat, he comes with a fork like that, dips it into the bowl, and selects the best. That was Pastor Hophni and Phinehas. And not only that, the women who had come, they were sleeping with them. In the courts of the Israelites. You can imagine. Your, daughter, your daughters will not be secured. You yourself will not be secured. Because something serious 
could happen to you in the course of time. You see, if you want sacrifice, you have to bring your animal. Just imagine it was in Ghana and you are living somewhere, Kofodia or in Koko. Remember that the temple was located in Jerusalem. So maybe in our case, Accra. You have to travel all the way. Some will have to come from Wa. Some will come from Bolgatanga. Some will come from all these places only to Jerusalem in Accra now just to come and sit there. You will carry your animal. So over time, when people were becoming exposed and finding out that it's very difficult to transport these animals, the wise and the rich wise in code from a secular perspective, and the rich decided to save the situation. You know what they were doing? They were keeping the animals in the temple so that when you come, you buy and you get the animal. This is why Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, went to the temple, and they were exchanging money. He had to cause them to move out and say that, how dare you make my father's place, the place of prayer, a place of dance and liars and cheats, because that had become their business. The rich people will now sell animals to the poor ones. You can imagine. If you cannot pay for it, they enslave you and your family for a very long time. And if you have to buy an animal, and the sin was for lie, the sin was for deception, the sin was for fornication, you can imagine how many animals you would have to buy. You can remain poor the rest of your life. The rest of your life. This was for even the Israelites. Let me sum up now. Now you go to the courts of the Gentiles. Those who are not Israelites. You would travel from Ethiopia. Now you will begin to understand the book of Acts when Philip met the Ethiopian Enoch. And he was reading a book. What happened to him? Philip got to him and said, do you understand what you are reading? He said, no, 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 unless someone explained to me. I can imagine that he had traveled all the way from Ethiopia. He was not allowed into the temple to understand the book of Isaiah because it was being read only to the Israelites. He only overheard that Isaiah possibly was read today. So on his way, he starts flipping the scroll so that maybe he will get something. But God, who is so gracious, sends Philip to him that, look, you may have missed the court of the Israelites. You may have missed the holy place. You may even have missed the most holy place, but I have come directly to you so that I will give you understanding of it. So the Ethiopian Enoch was explained to. This is what was happening in the courts of the Gentiles. Women had no place in the most holy place, the holy place, even in the courts of the Israelites. When I remember what the Lord has done, I would never go back. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. So now, in the course of time, Christ Jesus came. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, as the high priests of the good things that are now already here. Now look at it. Hebrews now. 9.11. He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle. So you know what he did? He went through, so he started from the court of the Gentiles. He walked past the court of the Israelites. He walked past the holy place. He walked 
right into the most holy place. How did he do that? Bible says that he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and cows, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. By his own blood, Christ Jesus has passed through all the various zones. All the various zones. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of hay sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean. Sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. When that sacrifice was made, and our church look up, when that sacrifice was made once for all, Bible says, when Jesus was on the cross, there was total darkness. So, in other words, the man has died. Therefore, the blood has been presented as a high priest, the perfect one. And that was to bring the triune God back to us. So that when we come to his presence, he will not kill us. As a symbolic demonstration that, hey guys, I am now available. Come unto me, all you who test. Come unto me for your salvation. The divider, the separator, the veil, the curtain that separated a holy God from sinful human beings was torn from the top to the bottom. Earlier on, I told you that if there is a tearing from the top, then the one who tore it must be seated at the top. God himself caused the curtain to be torn so that he will be available unto us. This is the God I speak to you about. He is here. He is here. And this is why the symbolic representation of the body and the blood of Jesus is here. When I remember what he has done, I wouldn't go back. Friends, let me say this, then we end. We are not in any way telling you that do this so that you will satisfy God. Do this. Then we move on to some rules and regulations. If you don't do this, then that. If you don't do this, then that. If you don't do But friends, I want us to switch and understand that if he has done this for me, why would I go sinning? If he has done this for me, why would I go lying? If he has done this for me, why would I go cheating? If he has done this for me and I'm to give my tithes, why would I wait for somebody to come and tell me to pay my tithes when I remember what the Lord has done? A God who was separated from us now is available. Come unto him today. You see, and when he became available, he gave us his full self. He gave us gifts. He gave us authority. He gave us a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of the name Jesus, every knee bows. We have all of God contained in us today, sister. You aren't an easy person. When he did this, he now called us saviors. Turn with me maybe to Obadiah 21, then we end. Obadiah 21. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The curtain is torn. When I remember what the Lord 
listen to this question. Which of these zones would we have been? Help me answer that question, then we just pray. Which of these zones would we, Dansman PIWC, the Church of Pentecost, all of us, apostles, pastors, leaders, youth, women, where would we have been? Can someone help me? Where? You think the last one? The last one is located in Jerusalem. You need a passport. You need a visa to travel there. And when you have traveled, gone through thorough border control, immigration stuff, you go to church only to stand over there. How many of us have been to Israel before? So you see that some of us would have been cut off. So which zone would have been ours? So nothing. So nothing. But when Christ Jesus came, those of us who were oh, as so nothing. Yes, oh God. Yes, Lord. Oh Lord. Yes, Lord. He pushed us, he picked us from so nothing by his blood, carried us. Where do you think we are now? Bible says that we reigned with him. Where, where do you think we are now? Right at the holy of oh my God. Help us with that song as we lift our hands and worship him. And we want to promise God, we want to tell God that from now on, we will live for you. We will live for you. Maybe just before that, just before that, for some of us, when we even came to the most holy place, he hasn't just left us there. He has made us leaders. That's right. Do you know what that means? A constant laying down on the ground saying, Lord, I don't deserve this. What angels do, sisters and brothers, he has made you partakers to be the choir. That ministers at the most holy place. What's 
the 12 elders do, what the angels do. Church, all of us gathered here because we have been taken to the most holy place. We are worshiping God. He, he has come so that he will make you his kind, a savior unto the nations. We want to sing this baby just for a minute with our hands lifted up. If you feel like kneeling down, you want to kneel down? If you feel like clapping unto him. Remember when I remember what the Lord has So nothing, so nothing. It doesn't matter the family you would have come from, whether a royal family, it meant nothing in the council of God. Whether you are the firstborn, the most eloquent. But today, as we speak from so nothing, he has brought us unto himself in the most holy place. Church, just lift up your voice and bless him. I give him glory. I give him glory. I worship you all the days of my life. And I will say that he's my God. I will say that he is my God. He's my everything. He's my everything. I will serve you the rest of my life, oh God. Masiante Masurata in Diana Babaria Tayalabazo Humbly shall we lift up our hands 
Because we have come to the most holy place, God is here with us. Yes, Lord. Today we are about to dine with God. If you came in with any weakness, we are the most holy place. Yes, Lord. Receive strength in the name of Jesus. If you came in with any pain in your body, we are the most holy place. Receive strength in the name of Jesus. If any voice has risen against you, you are the most holy place. We silence the accuser in the name of Jesus. We silence the accuser in the name of Jesus. If any door has been locked, if opportunities are closing up by virtue of your new position, we command them to open. We command them to open in the name of Jesus. May the Lord use you as an agent to bring about change in the society, in our communities, so that together we will possess the nations for him who dwells in the most holy place. In Jesus' mighty name. For the Lord God Almighty reigns above all. Church, he reigns above all. 